Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, Jen. Can you hear me? Yes, but you need to mute your app. Just hit the mute on your phone. No, no, no. It's okay. We're just troubleshooting this. Mute your phone. No, this is annoying. You should be able to mute one and not the other. How about now? Uh, no, your phone is still on mute. Unless it's your computer that's on mute. Or just mute your Google chat. <laughs> I think that might be it. I'm, I'll talk while we do this. Uh, <laughs> um, welcome. It's Wednesday night. We're all crossed out. And we're also all... Our wires are all crossed out as we try to troubleshoot this new wonderful thing where we can actually kind of use it on the computer. Uh, but and there's a uh, there's a whole uh, troubleshooty aspect to this um, that relates to uh, ha- having both the phone and the computer app open at the same time. And so uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a few minutes. If you listen to last uh, if, uh, of all crossed out, uh, this happened. Uh, during the show <laughs> when we had to do some kind okay. of How's switch. Yeah. Is it still a problem? No, you sound great. You sound great. Okay. okay. Can we just take a second for me to discuss the fact that I absolutely cannot stand tech that doesn't let you like test things ahead of time? <laughs> I hate it. Well, there you go. Um, Still not 100% where I want it, but whatever. We're here. Yes, we're here, and uh, we're, you know, going to talk about this uh, election and all of the aftermath. I know, I know. <laughs> Pardon the the hiccupy start. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, you know, election, obviously. Uh surprising results or unsurprising depending on who you ask uh, because uh, in a way a lot of the polling uh, was accurate in a, you know like was or you know or largely accurate in terms of trends um, and uh, the the thing that it flew in the face of was more you know what they call vibes which is like a really dumb umbrella term for you know, like a sense on the ground or some polls or some feeling of momentum shift. And it can, and it's not just wishful thinking because like Democrats were really uh, pessimistic and that's not because Fox news is telling them that Republicans are going to win. You know what I mean? Like if we're, if democratic pollsters are worried, that's because what that's because their numbers are telling them something. Because polling is utterly and completely broken, but so <laughs> this is this was just. Does this actually sound better? Like I I am trying to switch mics on the fly, and it's not like yes, you sound perfectly good. I'm gonna have to do the switch in a second. So you 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 talk, and now I'm gonna do the thing. Okay, so obviously midterms did not turn out as advertised. Um, obviously, like. Polling going into it, everyone was like, okay, this is going to be the red wave that, that we, we always get promised. The red wave. The red wave's happening. And then the red wave did not happen exactly. 
But what's more interesting is who voters did choose. And it's like the, the Republicans that did win, like I, I've pointed out that like the big winners of last night were the normie candidates, like the people who are not completely crazy, the people who are not like complete election deniers, people who are not like completely on the far left, just like normal, normal candidates. And I think the biggest takeaway is that people are just really getting tired of the shit show. Like they're tired of the drama. They're tired of all of this, every, like everything, like the constant, 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 like drumbeat of culture war stuff, of election denialism, of January 6th, of everything. And they're just like, you know what? We just want like normal candidates who do normal things. So people like, Obviously, Doug Mastriano did not win his governorship. Dr. Oz did not win. Carrie Lake did not win. Blake Masters did not win. Ron DeSantis did win bigly to much of the chagrin of a certain Floridian resident who did not want to see him win bigly. I mean, I'm sure they wanted to see him win, but not by double digits, judging by his reactions to... Ron DeSantis's win, and obviously this is Donald Trump, who is rumored to be announcing his run for 2024. It looks like he sent out some kind of email announcing that he is going to give a speech on November 15th. So everybody's pretty much accepting that that is going to be his big 2024 campaign launch. Uh, we discussed this a bit on the last ambitious call of our attempt, how I feel about whether or not I think that's a good idea. And it's interesting to kind of revisit that conversation now in the wake of DeSantis really pulling off like a very big win in Florida. Like I said, he did win by double digits. Um, he carried Miami-Dade, which is something that a lot of people were kind of, will he, won't he? And so he ended up doing that, um, seemed to do very well with Hispanics. And so now this momentum has shifted from it, and it's it's like this all of a sudden, but also very glacial moving sort of idea that now DeSantis is the standard bearer for the GOP. And obviously Trump is not having that. Um, he sent out, well, I don't even know what you call them on Truth Social. I don't, you don't call them tweets, obviously, because it's not Twitter. They call, but, they call them truths. Oh, uh, they call them truths? Is that no? Yes, they do. No. Also, uh, hold on. Before we do anything, mute your Google your Google chat. The video, our our video chat, mute it, please. Okay. Now say something. They they, they do not call them truths. Yes, they do. And like that and is you, hilarious. And you re and you reach reach truth. <laughs> this is my truth. <laughs> Yeah, that really is the, uh, that's these literally are my, the, uh, these are my truths, right? <laughs> yes. I am, uh, I am truthy. Hear me roar. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Okay. Now, now we finally got over that technical hump. How long did that take? That took like 10 minutes. <laughs> anyway, again, pa yes, pardon the, uh, I hate tech that doesn't let you like test run things 
before you go live. It's new, whatever. It's 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 mm. new stuff. It's new stuff. Follow ambitious crossover attempt on YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yes, as you were saying, like Trump cannot could could absolutely not suffer a single moment of like attention to not be on him and uh is uh is has already taken to first of all because we went through that whole like ron de sanctimonious mm-hmm. thing remember where uh clearly he was like told that nah, that maybe not was not a great idea and and then like on election day he was like asked did you vote for ron DeSantis?" and he was like yes absolutely i did already like pre-taking credit for like big red waves all over the country and all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, there was uh, also the, the infamous Newsmax interview where he said, well, if, if there's big wins, of course I take full responsibility, but if not, I take no responsibility, but it'll be the opposite. It'll be the opposite. They'll say, if we lose, it's all my fault. And if we win, it, it, it had nothing to do with me. <laughs> and, uh, and Trump's, Trump's big, like, uh, a big, uh, visible candidates, right? Cause not everybody he endorsed lost, but the, the big national attention candidates, Oz, uh, Walker, uh, Masters, people like that. Uh, a lot of them went down in races that would have been easy, like, uh, Mayor, Peter mm-hmm. Mayer. Was like chased out for uh, I can't his impeachment his impeachment vote. Yes, but 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 for a like a MAGA guy who was also boosted by the Democrats and Mayor lost the primary and now that seat flipped. Um, and yeah, so like there's one good thing that comes out of this for Republicans largely, right? Because George is going to run off. It's the you know it's not the it's not a lost cause for them. Even though, because Kemp did so well, the theory is that, you know, like he dragged Walker with him into a runoff. Whereas, like, if it's just that election, those people aren't going to come out to vote specifically for Herschel Walker. Um, And so there's one big good piece of news here, right? Florida is going deep red. DeSantis, there's a huge swing in the Hispanics and all that stuff. And Trump has to try to rain on this parade and say, you know, why isn't anybody talking about the fact that I got more, a million more votes than him? It's a presidential election, not a, not a mid, it's like not a midterm. You're, you're comparing like a midterm gubernatorial race to a presidential election just because you want to be like, Oh, you're all. Everybody's talking about Ron DeSantis. Don't don't forget that I I'm cool. I'm cooler than him because yeah, like within five minutes of his victory, which was declared at like eight p.m., yeah. Fox News was like this. Well, here comes the talk of the who's going to be the leader of the party. You can tell that everybody's just sick and tired of Trump already. They're just they're so done. And and the point that I made on ambitious crossover attempt about. Trump announcing so early in this process, if he does actually announce on the 15th, like obviously Mm -hmm. he will be the first person outside of, I guess, Joe Biden at this point who will have publicly announced I am running in 2024. 
which that's also another story is now it's basically a lock that Joe Biden is running in 2024 based off the strength of what happened on Tuesday. But now you have all this time for him to basically be an ass in public and the reactions from conservatives, especially given his attacks on DeSantis after the win, make me wonder where exactly this is going to go, because there is a lot of anger at Trump right now over attacking DeSantis, because people view it as infighting. They're viewing it as damaging somebody who could be a possible presidential candidate who could possibly be a better candidate than Trump. But here's the thing. And and this is something I, I pointed out, is that we're still at the point where even after Tuesday, even after the DeSantis's win, we're still getting these reports from journalists where they're like, I heard from a GOP operative that they are just so angry and sick of Donald Trump and they'd really like to get rid of him. And I'm like, well, when the fuck is somebody going to go on record with their name in their face and say that? Because up until that point happens, this 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 whisper campaign means nothing. And you know what? In in that sense, it's good that he's it's good that Trump is out there shitting on DeSantis and doing this because he's forcing their hand. He's not letting them sit on the sidelines. Neither DeSantis nor these people that you're describing who are like like the discontent is boiling over. But I have seen I've seen people on Twitter that I know to have worked with Trump and it would be in their professional interest maybe to just not say anything right now or just like fucking shut up already. And the the only difference between this and previous times, because people said, oh, there was the same sense on January 7th, too, where people were like, enough of him. We're done. We're done. We're done. And then nothing happened. The only difference is now there's a guy. There wasn't a person. And and there's all and that also kneecaps a big argument that that Trump fans used to have, which was then who, what you want you want some squish you want a Romney you want a McCain you want a whatever, and so now there's an answer and and it's an answer that they accept like the answer is not oh a squish. The answer is it's the guy who swung Florida twenty points. It's the guy who. Uh, manage, you know, like who managed COVID this well. It's the guy who managed the hurricane so well that even Biden had to go out there and say he managed the hurricane very well. I joked and I said about DeSantis that the thing about him is that he speaks loudly but carries a small stick, you know, like I speak softly and I care but carry a big stick. He's kind of the opposite, like he barks really loudly. But yeah, like behind that hides, and this is something that is said a lot even by people who hate him, like he talks a good like uh, culture war game, but he does all. He is also like a competent administrator, which is why he's popular in Florida. Like he do, he doesn't do well with like Hispanics and suburban moms because because wokeness, right? That's not. Mm-hmm. He carries lots of demographics that like that t- Twitter stuff wouldn't impress. Um, and that's a thing where, yeah, he has a leg up on Trump for sure. Cause he's like, a he's, a, I, there was, I could never figure out a term for this. I called it like a normative politician, you know, like cause somebody can be very Trumpy in their like attitude, but also be a guy who knows that like during a debate, you gotta be respectful and let the other person talk or whatever, or not 
say dumb, childish, stupid shit when you're the president. You know, like, I, I don't know, normative, is that the right word? Like, because that's what people want. People want someone who's, like, brash and unapologetic like Trump, but also like a guy who actually does the, does the work properly and doesn't just, like, hire and fire people constantly. And, like, now he's blaming Melania for Dr. Oz for recommending, for, like, pushing him to endorse Dr. Oz. <laughs> Damn, she's throwing his own wife under the bus. I mean, for real. Like, it's just like, and she hates politics too. And and uh, all I heard was that he, people told him not to, uh, uh, like uh, endorse Oz. And he was like, "Now I want to." He was, like, "I know I'm from TV." Yeah, he's a he's a big he's a big TV star too, like myself. He's, he's a big he's he's big he's he's real famous. I like yeah. <laughs> and again, that was and and I do think that um, the, the the thing about the Fetterman Oz uh, race was it was a race between two extremely phony people, but one of them hid his phoniness much better than the other one. And Fetterman was able to hide the fact that he was a phony much better than Oz, probably because he really is from Pennsylvania and stuff. You know, he isn't a, a blue collar you know, he isn't the protagonist to every Bruce Springsteen song except from <laughs> Pennsylvania. But he's definitely more of like a Pennsylvanian than Dr. Oz. Knew Pennsylvania much better. And yeah, Dr. Oz just came across like this, like, uh, Have you know, you like seen the a, price of crudite. Well, but not just that. It's like how they bring like a radio DJ into a new city and they got to pretend like they're from there because the you know, local is everything mm -hmm. they have that thing in dc now too where they like they brought one of the radio stations here like brought this like big it was their big thing oh we're bringing this guy now he's got to talk like he's a commander's fan and he's like oh yeah i was out by woodbridge the other day you know standing <laughs> in traffic and it's like yeah sure like okay guy aren't you from aren't weren't you in florida for 17 years on radio what do you know about dc but it's just like and i don't blame him like that's it's this weird, it's like a, it's a, it's historical momentum, but yeah, like in politics, like you, you, you kind of do need to, I remember like it was the whole Hillary thing in New York mm -hmm. where there was like, I think it was, was it during the, it was cause it was like 2001. There was like the Mets, the Mets, <coughs> the Mets Yankees world series or something. And yeah, I think they were like, who do you? And she was like, I just want them to. You know, whatever. Just I just want everyone have to have a good time. It was, it, was, it was something like that. It was like Rob Lowe sitting in the stands with a hat that says NFL on it. Sports. Oh, yeah, sports. Exactly. Sports ball. I just want everyone to have a good time and play a good game. Exactly. It's not if you win or lose. Um, and, uh, 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 but, okay, so now. I, to me, this, this, the, this outcome is good because of that, because I want Trump. That's my, th my thing is I want Trump gone. I think that it, there's, there's, if there's something that me and Chris Hayes can agree on, because Chris Hayes actually tweeted something today where I was like, wow, I, I, I could actually retweet this. <laughs> But it was something along the lines of like looking at the, you know, looking at all these numbers and deducing that Trump is sort of a unique 
uniquely bad in his uh, bearing and his, uh, you know, adherence to his, you know, weird uh, uh, narratives and all of that stuff. And that even if there are other Republicans who are like bad and, and to do that, they're not him. Right. And that there really is something very there is something very singular about him. And I and I think that's right. And I said, like, there's this whole thing about incrementalism where a lot of people seem to think that the only way that we can get over Trump is for him to get replaced by Liz Cheney. Right. For like the the head of the and like that's never going to happen. Right. You you got to you. You gotta slowly go. Oh, thank you, JD, with Chris Hayes' tweet. What's the tweet? Uh, oh, right. Oh, okay. Thank you. The context is, it's a bunch of concession. It's a bunch of like concession letters from people who lost Tudor Dixon, who lost uh, to Gretchen Whitmer, mm-hmm. uh, Oz, right, and Lee Zeldin, and also Tim Michaels. I don't know what race that is, but Chris Hayes like looks at all of these and says further evidence of the thesis that while yes, Trump is the product of a lot of deeper dark forces in right-wing politics, he's also a unique, uniquely malevolent and dangerous figure. Meaning like even some of these like Trumpier candidates are, as I said, normative, a normative thing is you lose an election, you know, you, 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 Unless you, it really was stolen, right? I mean, which, which, like, you know what I mean? It's not because, like, in Israel, this happens all the time, too. They're like, oh, there were irregularities at this ballot and at that ballot and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're talking about like no, nominally normative politics, right? In America, we both, the thing that most of us know happens 99% of the time. You lose an election, you're like, I lost, right? We, you know, that's it. That's you got to accept it at some point. And also you want to say to your supporters like, you know, thank you and whatever. It's yeah. it's a thing. And so, yes, that is that is true. And I want I really want him gone. And, yeah, I do think that maybe uh, uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory like they did in this cycle, because Biden had a historically good. uh uh, uh, like midterm, yeah, for an incumbent, like it's That's... usually a slaughter. It's usually yeah, it's... like a huge massacre. Yeah, it's literally the best midterm for an incumbent president in forty years. Yeah, he did better than Obama. He did better than Obama, like at in twenty ten. Like that. I mean, it's he. And like you said, you said like he's not going anywhere. And they asked him too, and he was like, "Watch me run and whatever." But here's <laughs> the problem with that, though. Nobody was floating the idea that he shouldn't run because his policies were a failure. There is general, there is legitimate concern about whether or not he can actually do, actually do it. And so I'm sure he's riding high right now, and he thinks, "Oh, they were gonna, they were gonna take me out to pasture or whatever." But I, yeah, go ahead. There was a lot of well poisoning going on ahead of Tuesday based off the idea that it was going to be a bloodbath and that Republicans were going to have the red wave. And so some of the obituaries were written a little prematurely. And so it's going to be interesting to see 
how everybody who kind of started floating the idea of, well, he's old and we don't know, the cognitive decline might be real. Let's see y'all walk it back now because he's running in 2024. It, we we are potentially facing open warfare in both parties. Like there is the prospect if everything if the perfect storm happens of some force in the Democratic Party that wants Biden out, going toe to toe with Biden, you know, with like the Biden people, and like a Trump and a DeSantis camps kind of clashing too. There could be some fucking fireworks over the next couple of years, and 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 you and I are are kind of here for it. I think <laughs> and that's going to be a much harder sell in the Democratic camp, especially after these midterms of trying to sell the idea that Biden needs to be replaced by insert person here. And this is something that I'm starting to see coalesce, and I I, I like it in my heart, but I know it's never going to happen because he's already shot it down. A lot of people are really starting to pay attention to Jared Polis right now, especially after his win on Tuesday, which was fairly solid. It was also double digits as well. I don't think it was quite 20 points, but it was it was solid. And of course, people always point out like, oh, it's Colorado. It's a, is it really even purple anymore? Whatever. But the thing about Polis is that this is not a dude who is like a progressive. He is for better or for worse, a neoliberal with libertarian tendencies, which means I just said neoliberal with extra words. Mm -hmm. But he is somebody who is genuinely well-liked in a lot of democratic circles, a lot of more centrist, what I'm terming, normie. Normie, yeah. Yeah, this this is the term I'm using for- Yeah, like the Democrat who's who's poised to uh, kick Lauren Boebert off, also in Colorado. Yeah. He's also some total no- Jew, some normie Jew guy. Yeah, some total centrist, normie, middle of the road Democrat who is, is concerned about school choice and the deficit and just like normal, normal people. Like people just want normal people in politics again. And that's really the big takeaway, but yeah, the grandstanding, they're sick of the grandstanding. Yeah. It, it, they're it, sick it's, of the shit. Yeah. 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 And I was going to say, I think Ben Shapiro said this, but I was going to say like, to me, like a red, a red wave is, would have been a, a, a sign that uh, people need to like, of govern, like that people want governance. Like I was going to say, like, it's a mandate to govern, not, showboat and things were even worse than i anticipated because people wanted governance so bad they weren't even willing to give them a shot they were like we're so sick of the grandstanding we're gonna go vote for a normie democrat just because of how little of a headache we're gonna get from that i also happen to think because you know like the the word of the day the term of the day now is candidate quality right Mm -hmm. And I think that it's more important than ever because now every race is a national race. Fetterman Oz is a national – and not just Fetterman Oz. Lauren Boebert is just a fucking weird random house race, right? And there were all kinds of house races that are national house races. Virginia 7, Virginia 10, you know, all kinds of weird – all kinds of New York races. 
And because of that, the totality of shit candidates can hurt b- good candidates where someone can look at all, all, quote unquote, all these crazy Republicans and this crazy Republican who's running in this state and this crazy Republican who's running in this state. And so, yeah, I guess the Republican in my state doesn't sound as crazy, but if it's going to be all, if it, there's going to be this big red wave and they're all of them are going to be in Congress, maybe, maybe I'll just vote Democrat. And then your normie Republican in New Hampshire, there was a case like this. There was a good kind of normie Republican in New Hampshire who lost a tight race. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it. If people in New Hampshire are like, I don't want all of these crazy Republicans now. Right. And here's I, I have a lot of thoughts about the candidate quality sort of epiphany that everybody has had in the past 24 hours because um hi some of us have been trying to warn you guys for the past six fucking years that this shit matters and now all of a sudden that we're at the let's see the third losing cycle now it's starting to sink in that like oh people don't just want people who run around on twitter all day trying to own the libs like no shit we tried to tell you that. And that's why I think this time is different. This this time isn't like uh, – isn't like uh, – because, again, like I said, people keep comparing this to January 7th, to how angry Republicans were at Trump after January 6th. There is a difference here because, like you said, now there's uh, now there's also the matter of record. It's like how many more times will his inability to win – continue to somehow be something in his favor. And yeah, like I said, now you also have the person to point to when the question comes up to then who, because that was always the big void. Because even if you had a then who, it would not be someone that the other person would ever consider. And all but the craziest of crazy Trumpy people who now say like DeSantis is fallen in with the Mike Pence's and the whatever, all kinds of crap like that. Lots of Trumpy people are like, yeah, sure. I'll absolutely vote for DeSantis. Yes. Yes. Because, because this isn't, because they're not, there are very few people who take this as personally as like Trump and his real hardcore fans. Most Republicans are like, it's, you know, politics within my party. It was like, how dare you offend Mr. Trump? I mean, there are people like that. It's kind of it's kind of pathetic. There are people like that. Oh yeah, sure. I know. A lot of them are like gunning for. Let me tell you something. Uh, I've having existed in the like Washington environment that I exist in. I this isn't a skit. Like I'm not propping on my. It's pretty obvious to. But like you learn to smell the stink of somebody who's like in media or in think tanks or something like that and want a job in politics, you learn to recognize like the tone of what they say mm-hmm. hidden behind, which is the idea of like, hi, you know, I would be, I'd be great for you. You know, it's almost like a, it's almost like a resume that you shoot out of a cannon into the air. <laughs> like, you know, like you airdrop, you airdrop your resume, like leaflets in a war over the white house. You know, <laughs> it's like you're <laughs> with your head shot, you know, it's just like, yeah. but, but the thing is there's no walking things back anymore. And Blake masters is a perfect example of this where he went, 
full on to get that primary win, to get that Trump endorsement. And then he tried to pivot for the general. There is no more pivoting. There is no more pivoting because so much of what you are expected to do as a candidate or as a pundit or a public speaker or whatever is post online. And that's forever. We remember what you said three months ago. We know that your and Don Don Ball Baldock is that his name? Yeah. Who did the same thing? Who would like be, the second he won the primary was like Biden won the election fair and square or whatever. Yeah. Not only lost like a huge loss, but then Trump went and shit on him today too, and was yeah. like, "He's a he was a squish." I was very disappointed with him. It's just like you. You know, I keep saying, like, to me, the best example of this was always Dan Crenshaw, right? Dan Crenshaw, by all accounts, someone who should have always hated Trump. And at some point, I don't know who said this in his ear, and I hope he has been fi- subsequently fired. But this idea that, like, he thought he could be Trump-friendly, kind of, without, mm-hmm. like, offending anybody, but not being a Trumper. And as we all know, that is impossible. And he, uh, the second that he wasn't, you know, fully, his tongue was not fully <laughs> orange. Yeah. Uh, that's, that was it. And then he was eye patch McCain and all of that shit. And that's, and he very quickly became like a big enemy of theirs. Cause it was like, he, he was very disillusioned. Maybe he was naive. I mean, that's, po- it's possible that he naively thought like, you know, I'm just going to keep my nose, dr- you know, I'm going to keep my, my nose clean and I, you know, I'm not going to upset them, but I'm also not going to like say the election was stolen because it wasn't, but you can't, that's not how things work. But now, now that's a known quantity, especially now, like at, at some point people are going to understand that like, there is no, I'm going to be with Trump until X. <laughs> that's not. Nope. You got to be right or die at this point. I mean, for real, I mean, for real. And I really hate. It sucks that everybody always compares things to the Nazis because then like you have an actual like interesting like an interesting comparison, not a uh, like an emotion, an appeal to emotion mm-hmm. comparison. But uh, I'll, I, I kind of mentioned Dan Carlin and Hardcore History. There's a, a an addendum episode of Hardcore History where he tries he he's comparing the German armies in World War One and World War Two. Somebody once asked him, like, which was better? The German army of World War One, or the you know, like the Wehrmacht, the Nazi army of World War Two, and he explains in some detail why it's the army of World War One, mm-hmm. and one of the main reasons is that in order to move up the ranks of the German army in World War One, you needed to be a good officer, and in order to move up the ranks of the German mm-hmm. army in World War Two, you had you needed to be a good Nazi, not yeah. a good soldier. And that ended up with like insane drug addicts being in charge of the Air Force, even though they didn't know what a fucking plane looked like. And all because they were the best yes men. They they loved Hitler, though. And yeah, they were the most dedicated to the cause and stuff. And yes, I'm not saying again, I've been you could go look up my history of resisting the idea of like this is like Nazi Germany. I'm just saying, like, you know what? You could even say this about, like, the mafia. It doesn't matter. The point is, like, he's the type of individual who values um, uh, uh, loyalty above all, including competence. 
which is often somebody's downfall. And I do, I maybe this is wishful thinking, but I does, does something feels different this time. And I again, I can't. I'm not going to blow up anybody's spot, and I'm not going to give any details. But again, I ta- I speak to and I listen to a lot of people like who are quote unquote insiders, and holy shit, are they angry? I mean, yes, they're angry today. Are you willing to actually a go on record with that anger, b sustain it, and c this is going to be the hard part? Is GOP leadership going to be willing to do what it needs to do to get rid of Trump? Because, yeah, sure, there's lots of people who want Trump gone. Are you willing to do the hard work? And where I'm seeing this is that it's a no. And here's what I'm afraid is going to happen. They're going to boost up DeSantis and then basically leave him out there alone to try to take out Trump. And it's not going to be the result of just DeSantis. It's going to have to be DeSantis and the entirety of the GOP establishment backing him to make this happen. And I, I, I mean, I, we've watched this for six years of people just anonymously saying to the press, oh, we don't like what Donald Trump did and we don't like this and we don't like that. And we don't, we think he's, we, we think his behavior is just awful and horrible. I'm like, okay, well, when are you going to fucking do something about it then? Right. Now, what if all of a sudden, well, that, that's, so the thing is like the people that I, that I talk to that I exist on aren't, aren't the people who make that call. Mm-hmm. Right. I, but I, they, it does feel like more, more than ever, they would love the opportunity to be allowed to like be unleashed. Um, what if like, now I'm trying to think conspiratorially, but like, what if all of a sudden, like next week, some huge thing about the Mar-a-Lago raid gets like dropped off in the front door of the FBI. Like somebody just drops off an envelope there that has like the, and it's it's Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> it's cocaine it has, Mitch. Yes. Yeah, with like, the envelope. You know, I was going to say it has a little like turtle, turtle paws on it. <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, something like that. Or because you're, you're right that they're, they, they, they're just like, they're, I bet, I bet that they like, they, they get in bed every night and just pray that he gets like struck by lightning. They said he wasn't going to, he's in the, he's in the mandatory Mar-a-Lago's in the mandatory evacuation zone for a hurricane, whichever hurricane it is, Irma or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they said, he's not evacuating. He's staying at Mar-a-Lago. I bet you like every, <laughs> every establishment Republican was like, Oh God, can you please, can you please just. <laughs> But see, that's that's the exact problem that they've had for the past six years is that you keep waiting for someone or Uh something else Uh to take care of this for you. And it ain't going to happen. You're right. You're right. And, and, and so much of it is sustained on this wishful thinking of like, oh, he'll, he'll, he'll get tired of this. Something else will grab his attention. He'll, and you're right. He will, he will not. He won't stop and he will attack DeSantis actively until DeSantis says, I'm not running and I love Mr. Trump. And if he doesn't say that, he will just keep going after him again and again. And yeah, and and 
and uh, uh, keep uh, fu- f- you know fundraising massive amounts of money and then not spending it. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're blaming they're out here blaming Mitch McConnell. Meanwhile, McConnell spent two hundred million dollars on this cycle, and Trump hoarded a hundred million that he yeah. fundraised and then didn't spend. And so, yes, how again? How much longer? How much more are you going to take? How like how how much more abuse are you willing to take in the in the hopes that like? The like you like like we said the problem will solve itself somehow. Oh, he's yeah. old. He'll he'll die. He'll or, die. Yeah, or or whatever. Something something will happen. He'll I don't know what. The the he'll, Democrats will beat him, or something will happen. Or maybe or maybe they or secretly hope. Yeah, maybe they secretly hope he'll go to prison because because mm-hmm. because then that would actually be the best thing ever for them because then they can have someone like DeSantis run on like how dare the establishment imprison President Trump. And then, like, never pardon him, you know, like, yeah, just leave his ass there. (laughs) Run with the like campaign promise of, like, I will pardon President Trump on day one. Then day one comes and he's like, ah, see, like, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm busy. I don't know. My pen, it's out of ink. This is wild. I don't know. Let me, I'll circle back to that later. I can't, I can't hear what? What's that over there? He runs away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's a drag queen. Playing with the child. Oh my god! It, it, holy crap! It's a CRT. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> let's uh, let's bring uh, JD on uh, to uh, to discuss this. Uh, click here, JD. You're on the air. Hey, what up, guys? All right, cool. Hey. On the air. It's funny. That's such an archaic <laughs> idiom. Where none of us, where none of us are speaking over any kind of air, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a series okay. of tubes now. Yeah. <laughs> this is all in ones and zeros. You're on the bit stream. Man, your humor is really something tonight, Neon. <laughs> okay, so Jen, question. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something that I thought was interesting about DeSantis. DeSantis won re-election. Apparently people were cheering for years, two more years, because um, he's talking about running for... Then you mentioned, oh, that'd be... Like, you didn't like the idea of him running again and then halfway through his... ...piecing out and going for president. In favor of him waiting until... to do a run see my point is he could if he wanted to if he wanted to just avoid this whole slap fight he could just be like okay I just got elected governor and I'm gonna be governor and he has the luxury of time because he's not freaking old and decrepit now does the midterms change this a bit possibly but I think they kind of do. I think they kind of uh, do. He's the uh, only one who had like a magic. He had like a magical night, and everything else was so bad. Well, here's here's the thing, though. If I was DeSantis in this position now, I would be asking the RNC for some guarantees here, basically. I can definitely see a situation where 
they basically they begged DeSantis to run, like, please run, save the party from Trump. And then he's like, okay, I'll run. And then they just leave him high and dry by never condemning anything Trump says or does. Like if Trump goes and says, you know, that 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 Casey DeSantis, she's she's one ugly woman. And they just never say anything about it or or any of the bullshit that Trump will pull. If nobody ever says anything about it, nobody ever condemns it. They just leave him out there to dry. Like that would be kind of crappy. So if I was him, I would be like, okay, if I do this, I need assurances from you guys that you're going to back me up on this. Like you're going to have my back. You're, you're going to make it publicly known by name and face that I'm I'm your guy. I'm the one that you want and that you are going to defend me because like I said it's the whole problem over the past 6 years is that party leadership has been scared to death to criticize Trump for anything and that's why he gets away with everything because nobody wants to say anything. So yeah, in this situation if I was DeSantis I would be like all right, I'm going to need I'm going to need some promises from you guys before I consider going down this road. Yeah, go ahead, JD. Yeah. I've been thinking about that the from the past that keeps coming to mind the election of 1912. I don't know how about that, but it's when Woodrow, you know, our greatest president, John Goldberg loves him so much. Uh, hey, um, uh, JD. Huh? You're uh, you're cutting out pretty bad. Um, maybe could you maybe um, I don't know, like leave the room and come back in. Um, yeah, let me try. The- it's snowing at my house right now. Yeah, it's really it's kind of finicky because like because this this sounds like a really interesting story and I want I actually would I would like it. I if somebody says like this is just like 1912, I'm like okay, I ne- I need to hear this. <laughs> There's a guy who writes for for Tablet Magazine, uh, 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 Mike Lind, who writes about American history and compares things that go on now to like things in in American history, and is always super fascinating. Here we're going to bring JD back up because I I was I was saying JD, I wanted to hear this story because it sounded like a super interesting story. Um, is that better on the audio? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Okay. So anyways, election of 1912, uh, Woodrow Wilson's running for president. William Howard Taft is running for re-election for the Republicans. And um, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, does not like the fact that Taft has the nomination. Uh, Taft was Roosevelt's hand-picked successor. However, um, Roosevelt did not like his brand of progressivism. He did not think that he was um, being the proper a president that he should have. So Roosevelt tried to get the Republican nomination. The party shut him down and said, no, you're too much of a progressive. We don't like you. So then Roosevelt said, okay, screw you guys. I'm going to form my own party. And that's where you get the bull moose party. And then he ran as an independent, well, technically third party. And then he split the vote and Roosevelt came in second place, and Woodrow Wilson became president with 40% of the popular vote. And so that's what I'm scared about Trump doing. If Trump gets denied the Republican nomination, 
I don't want him to pull out some scorched earth policy where he just says, well, screw the Republicans. I'll show you guys what it, you know, what happens to people that screw with me. And then, you know, the Democrats win again. Yeah, I mean, they could technically, I mean, if you want to, once again, if we're talking pie in the sky, because this all, all of this stuff sometimes like when people talk on Twitter, like, oh, what if we invoke this thing? And it's like you've watched too much Law and Order, you know, and they think like, what if you use this obscure law from 1872 to prosecute him under this and that clause because yeah if trump was like yeah fuck you i'm gonna burn it all down then the republicans can be like you know what let's just impeach him a third time and then convict and then like he can't run again <laughs> let's just like conspire together to do that <laughs> it is definitely something i could see trump trying how successful <laughs> he would be it's kind of up in the air just because i'm a wonky nerdy libertarian and know a lot about ballot access <laughs> But I could see a situation where he starts like a write-in campaign where he tells everyone like, write my name in for president. And then it ends up being this thing where like, I don't know, 20% of the GOP base writes in Donald Trump. And then you have the situation where it's like, okay, so you got 20% writing in Donald Trump. You've got this other percent actually voting for the Republican candidate. And you've got say... 55% of people that voted for the Democratic candidate. And well, this all, yeah, but this all hinges on how big of a, a voting public is there who would, if it's DeSantis, would be like, no, fuck you. I'm voting for Trump. Because I, I keep saying the, the, the thing that's different between this and like previous incidents is just that uh, there is a but who. And as time goes by, Trump has less and less to show. You know, there's this whole idea of like, what have you done for me lately? And you can't even say, well, Trump threw his weight behind candidates and he did a lot for that. And he because he didn't and he didn't. Right. Like at, at how at it like at when is 2016 the only time he ever won anything? When is that going to stop being some kind of decisive counter argument? Like he he beat a historically unpopular Democratic candidate like they runs They ran someone truly awful. I really think Biden would have beat Trump in 2016. Possibly. And here's the thing, though, is at the core of Trumpism, of MAGA, of whatever we're calling it this week, there is a strain of nihilism that is very much that burn it to the ground. We don't care. That's why that's why you get all of these like QAnon people who end up being big Trumpers, because like that the whole idea is that. And this is how, like, the whole QAnon thing started was that we built up this, like, myth around President Trump that he was somehow sent to D.C. to clear out the cabal of shadowy pedophiles who drink the adrenochrome or what the fuck ever these people believe. <laughs> it's gone through so many iterations. I can't even keep track anymore. But the point is. At the core is there there is that very much that burn it down, it all needs to go away nihilism that feeds into that idea that like 
yeah, these people would absolutely like just write in Donald Trump. But but again, but but you're you're thinking about a situation where their alternative is like the libs and not a Republican who is like already has like like the credentials of having fought to the libs and won or whatever. Like that's that that's what I keep because the thing that I'm seeing now, the thing that I'm seeing now that I've never seen before. Is that a lot of DeSantis fans are not are like like get actively pushed back and say no fuck off, and that I haven't seen before. And be, again, because of who he is, he also has fans who are like that. And I think that his strategy should probably be to let them be the Trumpy aspect of him, and he can like avoid it because Trump always got his hands dirty too. I think DeSantis might be able to just like let other people on Twitter like fight for him and like just be kind of aloof in himself. Um, oh, uh, let's uh, let's bring Neil on as well. Uh, Neil, welcome. Yeah, I just wanted to say I I I don't think the like diehard MAGA is is insubstantial. I think it is a like a notable amount of the Republican Party and. If DeSantis were somehow able to clutch out the nomination, I think Trump, I mean, it's totally within his personality to run as a, as a, like an independent and then like be a spoiler. I think it's totally plausible just, just from like speaking to people who are like diehard MAGA people like my aunt and, you know, Megan Kelly talks about this too, like just who she's talking to. It's like, I definitely think it's, it's unfortunately not an insubstantial amount who would, who would like rather DeSantis like lose just like out of spite. My right. only skepticism about him doing that is that he doesn't strike me as someone who does something knowing that he's not going to win. Like with the intent of 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 like running with the intent of losing but also causing someone else to lose. I think that he is not because again, he's not he's still not accepting his election loss in 2020. So like, he's not somebody who deals well with the idea of losing, even if like, that's the intention. And so maybe what he would do is try to like throw money into like screwing it up. But I don't know if he himself would do it. That's the thing. His pathology, he doesn't even make sense for himself half the time. Where you think like, oh, it would be so perfect for Trump to do X right now. And then he just doesn't do that because he's just him. Here's mm -hmm. something that I can see happening. And this is kind of going to what Neil's talking about. Um, I'll use this analogy, even though I absolutely hate it when people use it to libertarians. Um, there's, I, And I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to work out over the next couple of weeks. But I can see there becoming a schism and you kind of already see this with the whole conservative ink thing, but there's going to be people who are deemed beltway Republicans versus the real Republicans and the real Republicans support Trump and the beltway Republicans support DeSantis. And there's, it's going to be this like division of who is the, who are the real conservatives? Who are the real patriots? And I've, I've, I've seen this happen. I've seen the insult lobbed and I, I can see it happening in the GOP. I like, this is, this is going to happen. Oh, okay. I guess I'll talk. <laughs> I thought Neil was yeah. going to say something. So I was, I was keeping quiet. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 
I, 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 part of, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it the beauty. I used to maybe think that there was something beautiful about this, but not anymore is, yeah, it's the idea that everything is so unpredictable uh, that you don't, you don't know what'll happen. And yeah, all it takes is one like Biden, like passing out in the middle of a speech for all of this. I mean, I'm just saying like for all of this math yeah. to be completely thrown off whack. Um, oh, here uh, we can, uh, we can uh, take the next caller as well. Thank you, Neil. We're going to take Alex. Hey, Alex. Alex. Uh, you got to unmute yourself. New. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we're, we're slowly heading towards the end here. So I just need Jen to speak for like 30 seconds before we do that so that I can switch back to the way that I could play the music when we finish the episode <laughs> oh hold on hold well, on let me take alex again hold on one second uh try number two hey alex oh man because you're like unmuted but i can't hear you for some reason oh, shit. This... oh oh there you go there you go now can you hear me yes yes uh, yeah, um, so I'm just following this from uh, Overweight from Down Under, and I noticed that um, I'm just wondering, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, JD fans and some of the new right um, candidates um, who could be uh, winning this race? Like, how would this fit in with the schism between uh, Trump and the sanctity? The funny part part about the J.D. Vance wins wins is that nobody seems to be talking talking about it. Like, he he won, but, like, nobody actually likes him, so nobody's actually talking about him. But you do bring up an interesting point of that Vance is the one kind of outlier here where he was kind of that guy that went full MAGA and actually did manage to win his seat. But it's kind of like you're you're going to go into a situation where you're not going to have a ton of power because, again, the red wave did not happen. So you're going to go. You're not going to have a majority to do anything with. So I'm not quite sure exactly what Vance is going to be doing to occupy his time other than probably tweeting a lot. But, yeah, it is, it's it, it's very interesting to me what the reaction has been to his win, which is basically from everything I've seen, just like nothing. Like everyone's just like, oh, like I, I've literally not seen anybody talk about JD Vance. Yeah, it's you're you're right. I also noticed that too that um, it somehow uh, kind of fell into the background noise. Everybody was so preoccupied with like the bigger picture of how the uh, the whole uh, cycle played out. That his win was just like, eh. I guess also maybe uh, if, especially like if they don't hold the Senate, mm-hmm. it almost doesn't matter that he won. Nobody's gonna care. They'll be like, ah, whatever, it's fine. Let their let their like let their inconsequential vote be that of JD Vance. Um, but there was also this sort of 
hope may be a fool's hope in the circles of the people who used to hang out with J.D. Vance when he was more of a normie, that maybe he was smart enough to be a person who like ran like that, but then wouldn't govern like that. But <laughs> Jen's making, there's no, we're going to be trying out uh, some of uh, Colin's beta video features in the near future, but because it's not here yet, none of you could see the, <laughs> the face that Jen made <laughs> when I said that, <laughs> which, uh, which uh, was uh, worth a thousand words <laughs> and basically amounted to, yeah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Wow, Alex calling from Australia. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've been following a lot of, like, American politics for a bit. There's even, like, yesterday afternoon when uh, I was at work, there were some, like, buddies who are having, um, having a get-together to follow the midterms. So, yeah. That's something. That's that's funny. I have a, a weird. We're gonna end right now, but I have a a random story. I I uh, there's a, a an Australian podcast that I really like to listen to. It's like a it's like a pop culture podcast called The Weekly Planet, and because of it, I know a little bit about Australia. And when I was in Japan, I met like I hung out with like a bunch of Australian tourists, and I said something about Australian politics to them, and they were so shy. I just randomly knew the name of like the Australian minister of biosecurity or something like that. <laughs> and they looked at me like, you, what are you, are you so weird? How, why would you even know that? Yeah. And one good thing about, so for the past year or so, but better part of the year, we have no lockdowns. All of the restrictions are pretty much gone, but I'm pretty sure that, by the time the next pandemic arrives, I think, you know, they will do that same approach again and there'll be a little pushback. Yeah, well, I mean, I will, that's, that. I mean, and, and speak about things that will totally screw up any kind of math that we're discussing now. Another bad COVID wave. Oh boy. Oh, Lord. Just wait for that to happen. Yeah, okay. Uh thank you, Alex. Uh and uh yeah, thanks a lot. We'll um we'll, uh, later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh I think we're yeah, that was awesome. And uh yeah, so I think we're as we said, like just gonna slowly move towards the end of this uh, episode of All Crossed Out. As we said, uh, next week, no episode because uh, the lovely Miss Jen Monroe is going to be a little busy relocating. Yes. Uh, but after that, it's going to be all fun and games, ladies and gents. It's going to be some... Uh, I mean, I, for real, like, you know, joking around, but, like, there, it's going to be... It's going to upgrade our content, for real. Like, you're going to... It's going to benefit us. It's going to benefit you. It's going to be easier for us to do more elaborate things, uh, more spontaneous things, all kinds of crap like that. Uh, yes, this is where the fun begins, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're recording this week's uh, ambitious crossover attempt early on Saturday. I think we're still gonna release it on Monday. I'm not sure. Whatever. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, no episode of this next week unless we do some impromptu. We might do a live. I don't know. Whatever. Gen plugs. <laughs> <laughs> <I> just, okay. <laughs> 
Noam's very excited and has many ideas. Well, I, I don't like I, I I catch myself like workshopping our show on the air, and I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right, so our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, drops on Mondays, and you can find it on all the podcast catchers, you know, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Smash Audible. Obviously, you can find us here most Wednesday nights at 8.30 Eastern. Um, you can listen to it live, or you can listen to it after the fact, either on the call-in app or on podcast catchers. You can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. Awesome. I'm Neon Taster on Twitter and also YouTube.com slash Neon Taster and Twitch.tv slash Neon Taster, where Jen will definitely be joining me on a stream sometime in the near future. I don't know. Maybe we'll stream like It Takes Two, some kind of like multiplayer game. And Neil asks, am I going to play Sonic Frontiers? I don't know. Maybe not only because of like I have a Switch and I think it'll probably run like crap on Switch and I don't have like a PS5 or an Xbox series, whatever. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, PC. Oh, is it on PC? All right, whatever. Anyway, stay tuned. Thank you. Have a good night. We'll see you in two weeks right back here on Colin. Good night. Good night, everybody.